0: You are listening to episode 167 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by
1: Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we team up with a baby, a ninja, and a mummy to go on the world's best vacation in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. If you can guess what this game is from that,
0: I'm proud of you. Yeah, you know, that's probably your best one yet. Like, I always say you this. You guys say this
1: every week. I'm I, I, so
0: touched. I do. But, like, this is perfect. I mean, it is the exact epitome of what Captain Commando is. The only thing is we didn't get to go to a space station.
1: No, no. That would be the Beyond the World's Greatest Vacation.
0: Ah, okay. I, I see, I see. So, yeah, we played Captain Commando this week. Uh, I think I've mentioned a couple times now that we should play it. So, we finally played it uh spoiler it's probably going to be inflated uh just based on the price point but it's a ton of fun uh so we'll get into that a little later um before you uh continue on with this episode uh this episode has been brought to you by uh, the game deflators.com uh the game deflators on instagram facebook and at game deflators on twitter because they don't like that. Yeah, because we're our own sponsors, because we don't have sponsors. <laughs> right? I know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing what the sponsors let us get away with, too. Yeah, I know. It's it's terrible. Hashtag uh, not a sponsor could be a sponsor. Um, had to bring it back, Ryan. There you go. So uh, this week we'll be talking about uh, the Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard. Uh, we'll also be talking about, of course, more Activision stuff involving uh, PlayStation. And then uh, Microsoft's boss and what they're saying about the acquisition and how it, you know, details it's, to Nintendo and so all about the biggest purchase in the world today, folks. It is all about the biggest purchase. It's huge, dude. Like $68.7 or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty insane. Uh, but to start off the episode, we are going to talk about our recent pickups. Uh, this week, a box of Innistrad Crimson Vow, which was kind of mediocre at best from our pools overall out of that box. Yeah, nothing great. Yeah, it was okay. Um, but yeah, I mean... I. Some commons and uncommons I might need. A lot of rares that are kind of like supplemental to decks. like One fell stinger. One (laughs) fell Like seriously, why is that card so hard to find? I know. Between me and John, we've gotten three boxes and we've gotten three fell stingers. No, we have four. Or did you buy one? Huh? You had to buy one, didn't you? No, I only had one. Oh, so then... Yeah, you're right. And And then you bought one. Yeah. Yeah. So I had two out of my... Two boxes and a fat pack, and then you had yeah. one box, and <laughs> yeah. you had to buy it. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting. Um, but you know what? The set boosters, typically, that's usually what happens. This was a draft box, so that's probably why I was able to get another one, which realistically I should have gotten to, but whatever. Uh, story for another day, right? Uh, so that was it for my pickups. Uh, wait, no, no, no. I also got new sleeves. I got those giant sleeves for, like, the large commander cards Mm -hmm. from, like, 2019. And then, I don't know if I had mentioned a while back, but I picked up the 2019 commander decks. Oh, yeah, yeah, with your bonus points. Yeah, so I ended up uh, getting that, which is pretty cool. Uh, So that brings me to six total commander decks. So I think I am done with commander decks, unless I want to pick up the blue-black zombie that's in the... I think it's Crimson Vow
1: has a blue-black zombie. or Yeah, I mean, that you could just pick up a target. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll just pick it up there. I'm going to go... Probably, like, dude, I don't know. Like, I made a commander deck that's, like, okay out of some of the D&D stuff and Innistrad stuff that I got. And then well, you own I've a couple. got three other commander decks. The one you got me and then I bought two of the D&D ones. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, I think commander's really cool. But, like, I mean, unless something really blows my socks off. Like, I almost got that one from the secret layer. Mm-hmm but I just would have flipped it. Like I wasn't really interested in that deck or, or the art really, you know, we just got to do getting that 40 K one. Whenever that happens.
0: we just got to get drew and the rest of those guys together and just like, let's just do a pod by ourselves with some of those pre-con decks. Yeah. Yeah. Just
1: a four way. That'd be sick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You make it sound so dirty. Mm. Uh, okay. And then as far as currently playing, uh, I am playing apex legends. No surprise there.
1: Um, do you have any heirlooms, John? I always no. wondered what the heirloom thing was, but it's basically just something in your hand when you run around. Like, do you even know how to get those? You got to get a lot of the red crystals or whatever And you it is. get those
0: for, like... You have to pay money, usually, for those. Oh, my God. Um, Or you, like, randomly get it out of your packs that you win. Mm. But, yeah, I don't have an heirloom. Justin's been playing. He's, like, three level 380. Something. He doesn't have any heirlooms either. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Just never... i heard
1: people were really disappointed in the last one yeah
0: it was watson i think yeah it was, the it was like a, some weird detector gun or something i don't know but like i don't play watson anyways so yeah we've been playing a, a lot of arenas obviously and i've just been having fun with that and uh sniping like crazy we're like silver level two on on ranks which is pretty cool we lost cool. a ton of matches the other day though um i was playing like dog shit it was terrible the worst matches I've ever had, but hopefully we play some better matches this week at some
1: point. Have you, I wanted to ask you about this a couple of weeks ago. Cause I didn't even realize that this was like a genre, Uh but apparently it's become very popular. They have games that are like shooting practice games, like they're games with like mini games for target practice and enhancing your like skills. It'd be like the same thing. Like I know a lot of like, Pro players and really good players that, you know, push themselves like before they even get into a match at the beginning of the day, they'll just go into like the shooting range and mess around for like a half hour and just, you know, like run, spin, shoot targets, stuff like that. But they have games out there now that are like designed as like complimentary first person shooter practice. No, never,
0: uh, never played any of them, but it'd probably be interesting to do that as a warm-up, like you said. Because that's usually what we'll do is we'll do a warm-up um, in, like, normal mm-hmm. uh, mode instead of ranked. And then we'll jump into ranked and play from there. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, like, when Justin and I were playing the other night, it was he and I against, like, the teams we were facing were, like, level 200 and 300 players. And then we were paired up with, like, a level 20. Yeah. Or a level 40. Like, Sometimes
1: you just are the team that gets dunked.
0: Yep. So we ended up getting paired with, like, these really bad players. So, like, we're we're playing pretty well initially, but then you get these, like bad players on there and you know it's you're Not trying to pick players, up the slack. just new players new players sure but you're trying to pick up the slack um and it's just hard when you're getting fired up like they go down immediately yeah. and then you're getting like bombarded by stuff and justin's play style is he plays back and i play in front so if it's just me then it's literally like we both have to transition to playing
1: back sounds like you need to like fill out your roster
0: yeah, it's it's rough sometimes. So normally we'll get like a good random player on there that we'll stick with and we'll we'll mm-hmm. add them to our group for tonight and just p- kind of play with them for a few matches before we go to bed. Uh, but yeah, this go-round, just rough all around. Uh, but along with Apex, played another Magic tournament and won another Magic tournament at Baxter's. So 25 bucks in-store credit, wasn't a whole ton of people. Um, but it was still fun. Uh, I was a little upset by you know how they did their pack distribution so normally it's like a pack upon entry uh but i guess they didn't have enough people so they decided to give everybody a promo card out of the promo packs i was Mm -hmm. like well i in a sense i kind of wish they would have like reduced the amount of payout for players so that way other people could get those promo packs uh but they didn't do that i mean i'm cool with it because i got 25 bucks in store credit but at the same time i feel bad for like the people that showed up yeah the people
1: that showed up and didn't get anything i mean you're showing up to play yeah like and you don't you don't go to the, I, I mean, as much as the world has changed, like I would assume most Magic people don't go to a tournament except expecting a consolation prize.
0: Well, that's the thing. It was promoted as a consolation prize oh, for entry. Okay. And that's in, different. And then prizes would vary based on, you know, or, or payout would be based on participation. But, like, if you say it's a pack on entry, payout is based on participation. Yeah. Then you would anticipate that you're going to get a At booster pack that. or something. And they say pack upon entry. When most places are giving you a booster pack, they're giving a promo pack. So, I mean, it is what it is. I pulled a meat hook out of the last promo pack I got from them, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I just feel bad for, like, the other players. Like, I was actually considering, like, taking... I thought about it too late, actually, but I was, I was wanting to give, like, $5 out of my store credit to put towards whoever was in, like, second place so they can get 10 total or, like, give it to the third place winner so they can at least get a pack. Um, but
1: I just didn't think about it before I left. That's awful nice of you, John. Yeah, it is. Didn't Compared happen. to the John of last week, hey, I uh, I already beat this guy. Can I leave while these guys are still playing, dude? <laughs> that that was so
0: frustrating though, because like I finished a match in five minutes. I'm like, can I can I just go? I'm like, no, nope, you got to stay. I'm like, God damn it. So this this week, I was just kind of talking with the guy that I I ended up beating. We were just chit chatting and whatnot. Um, you know, while the other matches were going on. Luckily, the other matchups were fast, so we didn't have to stick around for an extra 25 minutes uh, for
1: that. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, that was it for my week, man. Anything uh, that you picked up? I've been doing some game passing. I was looking, and a bunch of cool stuff got added. I saw two different reviews this week for Nobody Saves the World, uh, so I got that. And then Death's Door is on Game Pass, uh, which I thought looked really good, so I downloaded that. I played about five seconds of Death's Door and then decided to boot up Nobody Saves the World instead because I had already seen more of that game. And I was just over at a friend's house and uh, he was playing it. Gotcha. So I wanted to check that out and I like it. It's um, I can't remember what the name of the studio is. I think it's like Drinkbox or something. Uh, it's the same studio that did Guacamele, which I've heard a lot about for a long time. And as much as I like Metroidvanias, I just have never given it a shot. Um, but this game is really fun. It's, for anybody who hasn't heard of it, it's like a top-down dungeon-crawling action-adventure game. Think, like, halfway between, like, Zelda and Diablo. It's got, like, a lot of enemies on screen. um, And instead of, like, getting items and gear and loot and stuff, the only things that you have, you have your character, and then as you level up, you either get more abilities or you get more characters and you just do like little quests, like hit 50 people and then you get some experience and you get new characters and you get new abilities and you eventually get to the point where you can mix and match. So you are like a transformer. So you like just turn into these other characters. So you're like, start off as just this plain white blobby guy and then you can turn into a rat and a guard and a horse and a, uh, bodybuilder and an egg and a dragon and a Demi Lich and stuff. So it's like you get all these different forms and they have all these different abilities, but you can mix and match them so that you can be a horse that summons the dead and shoots fireballs. And depending on like how you put those skills together, you can come up with all kinds of different builds. So it's got a lot of free form, uh, you know, it just kind of exploring with the the mechanics and building stuff yourself out. So that's, that's been fun so far. I played like an hour or so of that. I'm looking forward to doing that some more. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so it looks like you picked up Store. Like, uh I downloaded that on Game Pass, too. I played that for like five seconds before I booted up. Nobody saves the world. Gotcha. And then I did play some more Hades this week a little bit. Um, it's just like, so I spent the last two weeks working from home. And so, I mean, for the most part, I do pretty good working from home. Like, I try not to be distracted, you know, even though I'm up in, like, my nerd room with all my awesome stuff. Like, I try to stay focused and do work as much as possible. Um, And, you know, I've got my switch up there. So, like, a little bit of Hades on the side never hurt anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, uh, my home office, I have a bunch of giraffes everywhere and books. Uh, But, I mean, I got, what close to a thousand magic card rares sitting next to me. So there's times where I'm sitting at work and I'm like, let me just take a peek (laughs) and just see what I got. (laughs) So I got to move those actually. And there's a flipping like floor full of magic over there too. Uh, Oh, one other thing I was going to bring up um, regarding like currently playing. So we finally got back into our D and D session, the Avernus. Mm. So I did something pretty cool the other day. Um, So one of our characters is like a wood elf. And she was part of the Feywild, but as part of her background, she uh, pretty much like to get like higher into power would like pretty much frame other people to try and uh, get them imprisoned, and they were put in. And she pretty much said like, "Well, put them into slavery; that should be their punishment." Blah, blah blah. And so later on, she herself is captured as a slave. Well, I've got uh, one of my characters. Um, was enslaved as a child and brought into a family and beaten and everything. And then the character that's with her, her parents are the ones that sold her into that slavery. So there's the link there and they don't trust each other. Now throw in this other person who is like, there's already the hot topic of like, you're putting these people into slavery or these elves and whatnot. And so uh, she's now connected. And at some point I brought in five revenants into it and i don't mm-hmm. know if you know what revenants yeah are. yeah so they come back after 24 hours and their goal is to kill the person that like they have a vendetta against and so this vendetta is against this one elf well uh i introduced them the other day and so all five of them come out and they start calling on her like you sold us in the slavery they're all like decayed and everything oh, uh, beaten yeah, down yeah. and burned and they're pretty much like all of their attacks are like focused on this one character uh but of course they start attacking the other characters because they're trying to defend themselves and so they all, like, the first one dies, they go, you just see this white beam of light go across the sky of Vernus. And the other one goes, and Joel's sitting there, and he's, like, shaking his head. He's, like, I know what the hell you're doing. So he texts me. He's, like, the revenants are, nice. I'm like, maybe. And so they don't know it yet, but I'm going to continue to reintroduce these yeah. characters. And the idea is until her character dies, there is always going to be a battle at some point every couple sessions where these elves come back and so my thought is of course if one of them has revivify great so she ends up dying and then all of these spirits are released and they're gone because their, their vendetta is they've mm. killed that person they have the vendetta against and then they'll revivify her and bring her back but i don't know if the group is going to figure that out yeah so i'm just going to continue pummeling them every single there week with these five, same five people
1: and it's really so if really you so like fun. kill the character in the middle of a fight are you going to stop the fight and they're going to stop fighting everybody else uh maybe yeah i probably would
0: um i would probably do that like if she's knocked down all of like one of them's going to try and kill her at the yeah. spot and be like you're dead and then all of them are yeah that would make sense all of their spirits are going to be lifted just and, and just the battle kind of stops
1: and then they're like oh no we got to save so-and-so.
0: Yeah, and all of their, like, they all go. So that that was the thought on that. And they're about to come across uh, Archon the Cruel. Mm. And, uh, or no, yeah. Anybody whose name is the Cruel not, yeah. not can't be a very, yeah. very pleasant person. Tortles. They're going to be fighting tortles. Uh, and then that's linked up with Tiamat as well. So, because uh, he's a Tiamat, um, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, Yeah, some Pfizer or worshiper, (laughs) and then they have like this old like Titan that because they have to get the blood of a Titan, and so to be able to get this blood of a Titan, they come across and he was actually cursed by Tiamat, and he needs to spill her blood to be able to like become a Titan again, and and leave Avernus, and so they convinced him, even though he's like this recluse, and I made him like golem, so he's like talking to himself and he's like yelling at himself and yelling at the characters and. You know, we need to spill her blood like we have to spill Tiamat's blood. And they're like, who are you talking to? And he's like, she's like, they shouldn't. know. don't tell our secrets. And they're just like, oh, my God, really? Like we're dealing with this. Nice. So it was pretty fun. Um, but I'm excited for the next few sessions and those revenants. Like it'll really kind of tie in that part of the story. Yeah. And then uh, Joel's character, he has his own dark secret, which I really haven't gotten too much into. I've given like hints here or there as to what's going on. Um, but I haven't like fully fleshed his stuff out yet, but I'm going to start incorporating him pretty soon.
1: How far into like the adventure are you? Are you like halfway done yet? <sighs> yeah, we're at about... There's only, I think, five chapters. We're at chapter
0: three. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's pretty good toward, progress. Towards the end of chapter three. So after Tiamat... They everything like they're basically on a fetch quest right now to try and get something. So like you go to one person's like, oh no, I need this. Go to this person, go to the next person, go to the next person until they get what they need, and then they reverse it. So after they deal with Archon, they get the blood of a titan, they go back to this person who is gonna write them a letter of recommendation to Bell, the uh the um the devil uh that's out there. And so he was he's second in command as REL in this story. And so they got to go to him and then work with him to try and find like the Bleeding Citadel. And like everything starts to kind of come together at that point. So they're getting to a good point story-wise. And you know, I read the story. I really like it. I don't know if I'm telling it as well as I should be uh, to the players and even here on the podcast. But uh, I really do like how it's shaping out. As long um, as
1: everybody's having fun, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, and that's why I try to incorporate as much battle time and as much fun time. Like with the whole slavery thing, like Ginny's character uh, being the one that was enslaved, she's like all decked out with like demonic ichor basically so she has wings and all this other crazy crap that's going on and so she actually uh i think it was dimension door i think i'm if i'm correct where you can take one person like from one spot to another i don't remember probably but i think it's dimension door but she uh she grabbed uh tara's character euphia and dimension doored her up into the sky and was floating with her wings and was like i'm gonna you know like i'm gonna kill you basically was holding her but Ginny forgot that Tara's a druid and could just turn into a giant eagle. Oh, yeah. And so she's dangling her and everything, and she drops her, and Tara's like, giant eagle, and <laughs> it goes away. <laughs> so it was pretty funny, but everybody gets awoken by like her dimension yeah. dooring her up and like holding her and everything, and is looking outside his giant like demon grinder vehicle, like Mad Max, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And uh, it's pretty cool. So I think they're having some fun. I'm really trying to open it up so that they are... Pretty much focusing on their character stories, like their personal stories and uh-huh. adventures, kind of more on the side quest yeah. of like, okay, we have to do this. We have to try and find a Bleeding Citadel, stop Zariel. Otherwise, like, Elterrell's gonna be coming down. And what I need to start doing is probably, I'll probably start doing this next session, but uh actually, I did do this in the last session. I had noted that uh in the distance, I could see Elterrell and bodies being dumped like ants over the side of it, like just droves of bodies that have been killed in altarel being dumped into the river of sticks to create more devils as fodder for the the blood war yeah uh so i'm gonna probably start doing it like you see pieces of altarel breaking and a tower falls into avernus and this other stuff to really kind of amp it up of like time is of yes since you guys gotta get moving and see how it goes um okay but uh, diving into our articles this week, so enough about D&D.
1: Big news! Uh, Microsoft. In case you've been living under a rock.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen this, like, I'm surprised people still post this now. Uh, Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Uh, this is through The Verge. It's Tom Warren. And, uh, you know, I'll just a quick statement here on my part. Uh, when I saw this come through, my thought was, why are they paying so much? And I get that Activision Blizzard makes a good amount of money and sort of valuation is up there. But at the end of the day, you know, what do you got? Call of Duty, Candy Crush, which makes a decent amount of money. And, um, you know, you have your older Activision titles like Guitar Hero and Spyro and Crash Bandicoot's on there. And, you know, there's some premier titles. uh, But, like, how much of that stuff is truly relevant? Like, Crash had the the one game that came out recently, right? Spyro, they had to do a trilogy.
1: Same thing with Crash Bandicoot. Spyro has not been good since the third game. Yeah, but I mean, like... Blizzard just did, like, the Diablo 2 remake, and Diablo 4 is still in the works, and Overwatch 2 is still in the works. Like, But, like, how much the of that Ar- stuff Blizzard is...
0: arm itself is, is huge. But how much of that stuff, you know, we'll talk about in a bit, but, like, how much of that stuff is still under multi-platform agreement? Like, Diablo 4 well, is probably already contracted to be on PlayStation. No, I don't think so. I, think... I, I would see how it wouldn't be.
1: Um, well, like I they're... mean, I guess... So, anyways, here's the thing. From what I heard, Bobby was shopping this around. Like, Microsoft didn't just come out of the woodwork. Like, this makes sense when you think about, like, under all this heat and pressure, why Bobby's been sticking around to his guns. He's shopping around for a huge payday before he leaves. Because if he sticks through this whole closing of this deal and everything, he's going to make out like a bandit and get the heck out of there, and he could go retire to hell like everybody else. But, I mean, the, like... The amount of money that they're talking about here like this was an acquisition that's comparable to something that like this is an amazon move or a google move or or whatever this isn't like uh, a sony move or a nintendo move you know this was definitely something that like a big player did and i'm actually happy that Microsoft is the one that did it. Well, yeah, versus a Google or Amazon. I am I too. Because I think that that would have been way worse. They both tried to get you know gaming going, and I mean, Amazon finally came out with you know a success in that what was it, New World or whatever. Yeah, I don't even know if anybody plays it now still, but like they would have destroyed all of these games and franchises if they had bought this. And I really think that Microsoft has the best chance to you know try to make the most of this and make the most of what's there and the titles that are available.
0: Yeah, I mean I I totally get it. And I mean we don't have to spend like a ton of time on these individual articles because they're all linked about. Yeah. (laughs) So um you know I I look at that 68 billion and I can see that being most likely, you know, as you said, Google and Amazon were probably in the bidding for that as well. And Microsoft just kind of stepped and said, nope, we're gonna pick this up. Because I can, you know, and it's good on them to do it uh, over an Amazon or Google. Because you're right, like Amazon, you know, changes they don't appreciate
1: their... the position that they're trying to put themselves in yeah. with
0: gaming. They think of it as just another another avenue thing. for money. Yeah, and so you know, if Amazon were to acquire it and then they just fizzle it out, what happens? To all those properties are now owned by Amazon, and then nothing. What are we going to get? A live action? They stay crash locked band away like they are now. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, I can see that being a benefit. Uh, diving into the next article here, uh, which was uh, Wallace Witowski of uh, MarketWatch, and the title of this one was Call of Duty will stay on Sony's PlayStation consoles after the Activision deal, uh, is what Xbox uh, bosses promised. So, um, you know, I to tie it all together here, paying that type of money, people are saying, well, you know, Microsoft isn't just going to pay a bunch of money and then it's going to, you know, uh, go to all these other consoles. They wouldn't have done that. But, Realistically, it is the smartest move for Microsoft to purchase for $68 billion, even though I think it's a ton. Well, and let's
1: clarify real quick, too. This is like they wrote a check. They weren't like, yeah, it was we're going to do 50% stock yeah. and 20% cash and 30% goats. Yeah, cash deal, basically. Yeah, it's the biggest trans- ga- cash transaction ever. Is it really? I didn't even I didn't know I that. I think that's what I heard. I mean, and if if that's true, I mean, this really puts gaming on the map. Like... Nobody can ignore the amount of money and moves that have been around gaming. Like something that seemed so inconsequential to most of the world, even 10 years ago, I don't think people really were taking it seriously like it is now. And now it's the most profitable entertainment medium on the planet and making the biggest money moves in the world. So it's scare- destroying
0: the future with NFTs. What's yeah. What scares me is like Amazon or Google coming and saying, okay, well then we'll just buy EA, you know, like Dude, they can have it. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean like, <laughs> you know, what kind of precedence does that send? And what type of messages that put in the market as far as like gaming companies are concerned? Like, Oh, well if Activision sold for this much,
1: we could totally put ourselves up for sale now and see who buys us. Dude, you know, EA has got to be like, man, We would have been worth so much money if we had sold ourselves when we still had the exclusive Star Wars rights. Yeah. And now every company could go make better Star Wars games than EA
0: ever thought to. Well, they still have Madden and all that stuff, which is huge on an annual basis. But, you know, diving into the Call of Duty component here, uh, it would have to remain multi-platform. People were laughing like... World at War will. No, I think all of them will moving forward. I cannot see this being something that Microsoft says... We're gonna just make this on Xbox. Like it I is, think it's
1: more clever than that, dude. It's you could play this anywhere Game Pass is available. Yeah, I know. Come on, Sony. Why don't you just put oh, Game Pass on there? We would sure. love for you to be able to dude. give the opportunity for your players to play all of these wonderful games. For sure.
0: And it it's gonna be part of the next article here that we'll kind of cover, but you know, it makes sense for them to make it multi-platform and keep it multi-platform because Sony then has to pay Microsoft whatever amount. And then Microsoft's already making money off of the sales off of it as well. So, you know, I think overall it is a very smart move by them to to buy it in that regard as long as they keep it multiplat. But as soon as you make this exclusive, Sony is still the second largest uh, video game company out there, like in terms of video games, like obviously I have hardware yeah. and stuff, but they're the second largest. Microsoft is now third after this. So, when it comes down to it, Sony still has tons of exclusives, tons of other games that they can offer. Uh, you know, and they've got, I guess, what's a generation ahead of Microsoft as far as. Games are concerned, and I would even say two generations, I would argue, because the Xbox wasn't super successful to begin with. So,
1: And neither was the one. Yeah, exactly. They really like, had like one and a half good generations. So,
0: Sony has like a huge leg up in terms of exclusives and what they can offer so, consumers. So keeping a multi-platform, what are you going to do? You're going to lose half of that base. Sony fans, like huge Sony fans that maybe like Call of Duty might say, okay, fine, I'll play it on PC, or, which is fine, or I'm going to... Uh, go ahead
1: and just you know play Apex or some other first person shooter. So like, I've definitely heard that. Like I mean the obvious the obvious move for Sony right now is to go back and look at like, all right, can we modernize Resistance? Can we modernize SOCOM? Can we bring back something that we own to be a competitor against this? Which
0: SOCOM, hundred percent, man. If you bring back so so say Microsoft says this is exclusive, Sony probably comes back and says SOCOM, like. Yeah, Socom, next generation SOCOM free to play, like you have your Call of
1: Duty. Yeah,
0: and uh, new SOCOM games.
1: It's just not going to be until, you know, and, and that's the other thing. So like the Game Pass versus leaving it on PlayStation, the the gap there we already see. I mean, like I just got Nobody Saves the World and Death's Door for. You know, essentially just the $15 a month I'm paying, Yeah. you know, but it's like when you've got people that are like, okay, I can download this day one or I can spend 50 bucks and wait, you know, two months for them to patch out all the garbage that came out on day one. Like it it makes a lot of sense when you are getting day one releases, but you don't have to buy it and wait through. You don't have to spend your money for something incomplete. Yeah, you can feel a lot more comfortable with getting a day one purchase when, you know, you didn't have to pay for it and then be disappointed by the quality as much. Uh, I think that that's going to be, you know, a big avenue for people to decide, like, you know, am I going to stick with this on PlayStation or am I going to go with this on PC or Xbox? Because I don't have to pay the extra money if I go there. But it's still available to PlayStation. Well, and this
0: ties into uh, the next thing here, which is uh, Damian McFerrin, and it is uh, at Nintendo Life. And it was uh, Xbox trust Nintendo to not do anything that would harm the games industry. And, you know, uh, was Phil Spencer actually mentions, uh, you know, they want to move into a point where game consoles are agnostic and gamers are able to play where they want to play. Mm-hmm. So it goes into what you bring about with the Xbox Game Pass and going on these other consoles. Microsoft already has like 25 million subscribers on Game Pass. Yeah. Like they will continue to make that grow. And, you know, does it harm Sony? Like
1: Sony's got all of their exclusive properties already. See, you keep saying that, and everybody keeps saying that. And every time I think about it, they're like, All of these Sony exclusive properties, come check out um, God of War, Horizon, uh, Gran Turismo, and what am I missing? Uh, Uncharted would be another one. Yeah, but any there's, of the new they're not even they making have. any more Uncharted. So I think. Cl- uh, they have, like, five of them already. That's the thing. Well, they're
0: releasing, like, I think, uh, everything onto the PS5 here pretty soon, which could be an indication that there's another Uncharted coming down the road. Well, but, and
1: they're making a movie.
0: Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima is a new one. Um, but, you know, so,
1: the thing is, like, these franchises, like, how many more God of Wars are we really going to get? Like, we didn't really expect the newest God of War? No. Like, there was a huge gap between that and God of good. War Awakening or whatever, yeah. and nobody really played that one as much, the fourth
0: one, Reckoning. But, but that's the thing. Sony has so many exclusive properties from over the years that they wouldn't realistically, you know, need to continue making Uncharted and all that. They can continue to make, and they've proven that they but can make But they've got new these
1: it. great franchise. Well, Returnal's another one, dude. Returnal's an exclusive, and that's a new IP. But is that, like, is that something that you're gonna meet, like are people going to be dying for returnal five? Like returnal is like a decent like game and people like it, but I'm just saying, it's like, I don't think that there's going to be God of war 15 the way that there is final fantasy 15. No, definitely not. And like, the thing is like with every generation, like it's so hard right now to get a PS five. Yeah, dude, they're already starting to put their big, Franchises from last generation onto PC, I really think Sony's gonna go the way of Sega here. Like, Sony's gonna give up the hardware game and just be like, we can make these great games that people want to play no matter where they're at. Why are we losing a hundred dollars per console and breaking our backs to shove these out into stores where nobody can buy them and the scalpers are making all the money? Like, it really doesn't make sense. For them from a hardware standpoint, when they've got to compete with all this stuff, like now they've got to go back and redo their whole PlayStation Now PlayStation Plus business because they're trying to compete with Microsoft instead of just saying, hey, why don't we get Microsoft to pay us an extra, you know, 50 million dollars to make the next god of war and put it on their system instead like we're making more money doing that well and you know i can see it kind of like the tv situation right you have like the
0: google tvs the roku tvs you have lg home samsung mm-hmm. probably has their own thing and just as have well. apps and they have apps right and you can play those apps and it's it's agnostic it's you want to play netflix well netflix is on any tv There's netflix those. has games now too don't they uh i think they have like the interactive like the minecraft no like um I don't remember. Yeah, Netflix does have a game, or they're developing mobile games. That's what it is. Yeah, something. I I forgot. We talked about it. Yeah. But, you know, you have these applications. And Microsoft, of course, is saying we want to go to the route of agnostic and you don't have to choose certain console. You know, but they are going to probably, they don't have exclusives anyways anymore because their games are on PC. So they've gone away from that route. And you can play all of their games on PC from what I've seen. There's nothing that's still like only Xbox Series X. and You can only get it on the console. Like I'm pretty sure everything is on both PC and Xbox. I think so. Whereas Sony, the, the what they're releasing on these other consoles or on PC is older games, like you said. So they're making more money off of a franchise or a game that is no longer bringing them revenue at this point. So it makes sense to do that. But if you want to to the point that you made on day one exclusives with Microsoft, you want to play the new God of War right now, you have to play it only on PS5 unless you want to wait 5 years for it to hit PC. No, the new one's going to be on PS4. No, I, okay, so PS4, PS5, right? But new games down the road, right? Oh, you want to play um, you know, the new Returnal or something. Well, good anything PSVR2. Yeah you're going to be playing Returnal five years from now on PC. Like we'll release it then same like Uncharted. You want to play it on there? Well, it's been out on all these consoles, all these years. Now you're going to get to play it on PC. So I can see them making the money that way. Of course, PS now having the ability to potentially play those games on a computer. That makes sense as well. But I don't think that, you know, it just doesn't make sense for Sony to be releasing like day one exclusives on the, on anything else. Like Microsoft already has their stuff on PC. Yeah, that's a known. Sony, I think they're they are predominantly a hardware company, I believe. Sony is like I mean, yeah, their, they make TVs and yeah, all that other stuff. Phones, TVs, uh, God knows what else they're making. They're predominantly a hardware company that has software and video games Whereas that's Microsoft true. is a software based company. That started that developing hardware, hardware to put that software onto. Exactly. And now they're so getting away from there it There was no reason that for Sony sense. to like get rid of the PS5 or PS6 or whatever might be down the road. Like I can see Because con- that's their bread and butter. I can see them continuing down that path. And then like it's in the past, Microsoft leaving the hardware behind and them putting Game Pass and other pieces of software on the other consoles and making yeah. money through that subscriber base. I could see that being a thing because at the end of the day... You know, oh, well, we have like, they could probably buy up another four studios, say, we have all these games and studios that are exclusive to Microsoft. If you want any of these titles in your console, you have to pay us whatever amount and put our application
1: on your console. They're not even going to worry about the hardware because they're already losing money. Like, if Microsoft says, hey, Sony, we want to get out of hardware, what's it going to take for us to get Game Pass on PlayStation? Yeah. I mean, mean, Sony's going to say yes. And the thing is, like, I mean, it made sense for Microsoft to target. Like, they've always wanted to have an all-in-one thing. Like, that was the whole thing with the Xbox One was, like, all your entertainment, all-in-one box in your living room. But, like, I was over at uh, Jane Benz, and you can't play CDs on a PlayStation 5. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. And he said you can't do it on a PS4 either. Yeah. So, it's like... You know, the Xbox made a lot of sense when it was like, okay, we need a Blu-ray player and we need a CD player and we need a Netflix player and we need all this stuff. But it's like without having the hub for all of that in one box anymore, you don't really need the box anymore. We've kind of evolved beyond that. So it would make sense for Microsoft at that point to say like, you know, we're already trying to make an all digital only box so that we don't have to deal with physical media anymore, why should we even worry about making our own box when we just want... All we want is the $15 a month for Game Pass. That's what we want. Yeah. Why do we have a whole division of Xbox controllers? Well, let's see.
0: I'm kind of curious. They're already getting their
1: butts kicked in the controller department anyways.
0: See, if we do the uh, math here really quick, uh, I'm kind of curious. So if you've got... 25. Let's see, one, two, three, one, two, three. 25 million subscribers times 15. That's 375 million dollars a year. No, a month. A month. Sorry. It's 15 dollars a, a month. month. Sorry, yeah. So once they get that so up to 100 million 12, subscribers. So that's 4.5 billion dollars a year based on the current subscriber base.
1: Yeah, but look what happens once they get
0: 100 million subscribers. Okay, so 100, one, two, 3. One, two, three uh times fifteen yeah one point5 billion times twelve so if they're making a billion yeah, dollars a month on 20, game pass twenty two billion dollars if they get a hundred million yeah. subscribers it'd be worldwide. crazy yeah and then at that point it's to the point of exclusives why would you make these games exclusive there's no point to making exclusives especially if you go the route of no hardware consoles
1: just for selling hardware exclusives
0: are just for selling hardware and if you're going to be agnostic as they've said they want to go in that route then they are going to be getting rid of hardware If you are going to jump into just software and stay with just software really and try to go on these other consoles and if apple jumps into it fine it's going to be on apple oh you want to play it on uh you know a TV from Samsung, cool. It's on a Samsung TV. You're gonna pay 15 bucks a month. Like they're gonna make so much more money going this route than they are gonna be doing the hardware. And then Sony can't compete in that regard. They're gonna have to continue doing exclusives on their console and releasing exclusive games that are on PC or later onto PC five years down the road to yeah. make money that way. So, I mean, it's it's crazy. I see what they're doing. Definitely bolstering up that Xbox Game Pass and moving into a. I think it's gonna be no hardware yeah ultimately
1: it's it's been a crazy week i mean this is really all we're talking about this week i'm sure that other things happened but whatever
0: yeah but that's so, not all we're talking about this week ryan we're talking captain commando as well which uh was developed by capcom published by capcom uh designed by it looks like akita yasuda if i'm seeing it correctly in here my my eyesight is terrible and it looks like uh junio oh no i think did i get that right
1: uh, Juninho, oh no!
0: Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, dude, I, my eyesight's so bad, even though I got new contacts. Uh, it was released on the Nintendo, or really the Famicom, in 1995. Uh, it was later put onto the Super Nintendo and eventually the Japanese uh, release on PlayStation. It is a beat 'em up, and in the reception
1: uh you have on here here I, let me read this so okay yeah because i can barely see that, so dude. the reception it didn't have like usually on wiki it has like you know oh all these different yeah places gave it whatever score this just had like three little blurbs and so i just copied one of the blurbs uh the november 1991 issue of sinclair user gave it the shared award for games most likely to save the universe hey you know what man
0: that's high praise <laughs> dude you, you do save the universe in this game. You got to go to space at some point. Like, Well, we gotta don't. Happen. We didn't get to space. Better no. players do. Better players do, for sure. I mean, dude, we basically died the same place that I die on my own. Every time. I didn't help. I just used up the, the continues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You use like four continues. Um, okay, so actually, no, I think we used about the same. Okay, so uh, this game in general, dude... I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. You've got the four different characters. you got got uh, the Mummy Commando. You've got the Ninja Commando. Uh, you have Captain Commando. And then you have Baby Commando. Uh, and then they each have their own different names. Like one of them is like Mac. And then...
1: Mac is the... He's the Mummy one. The I Mummy. Think. Yeah. And then which Captain is, my is Captain. And Baby is
0: Baby. And then the Ninja has a Ninja name. Yeah. I don't remember his Ninja name. Uh, but, but either way, he is a Ninja. And he blows smoke everywhere. And he's not very good. So but, does the Baby. The Baby does too? You yeah. notice that. But commando has uh he torches people he electrocutes people and then as uh, Mac you get to like go in a circle and spiral around with like your blades, which is pretty cool um but I had a lot of fun dude I've been playing this one a few times I have
1: yet to flip and beat it man like I don't what know is it what about it's... this one that's got you gripped like you've got a ton of beat em up so I want to beat the damn game that's what's got me gripped on it is this just one that you gotta put in
0: your finish pile yeah dude I'm terrible at like games like this in general so to Me play too. a beat em up
1: on my own, it's it's kinda like, damn it. Beat 'em ups yeah. were never really my thing. Like I mean, anytime I play a beat-em-up, I'm like, oh, turtles in time, because that's like the the one I remember playing the most. Yeah. That's you know one one. It's I can classic. Never beat. I can never beat that one. I always get to shredder and I can never win. Yeah, I think I think we've played plenty of beat-em-ups over the years and and I always have, you know, a much harder time uh with the games this one wasn't hard at all no it's not hard it's um that last boss battle those boss battles are really what kill you on this yeah i think the sprite work's really good on this one they're like very large expressive sprites like they've got lots of um different design than i think what you're used to like the proportions on a lot of the the characters are very exaggerated it kind of reminds me of like um I don't know. What was
0: So you know, at one point, uh Captain Commando, I think I'd mentioned this in the past, was actually supposed to be the uh, mascot for Capcom. Oh really? Mm-hmm. So he was initially that's what initially was supposed to be, and I guess they transitioned, I, I would say Mega Man would probably be the new mascot. But... Probably the most recognizable. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Cap uh Capcom was initially gonna use him. Yeah, Street Fighter two. Um but, yeah, so overall, man, like, I, I get you on the exaggerated characters. Uh, you know, they are pretty big and you know, oh, like weird uh, all over the place. Darkstalkers. Like, I mean, uh, obviously, yeah, yeah.
1: they're not, like, as that kind of stylized. And I know that that's, like, a whole different company. But, like, I mean, the they had, like, I just remember a lot of the people had, like, really long proportions on them or, like, you know, different, like, hulking postures. They they were just unique. They didn't look, like, as generic, like, I feel like a lot of times beat em up enemies are, like, very generic. Just, you know, this is street thug. Mm-hmm. It was cool seeing, like, different locations, too. Like, it, you start off just in the city, but then you go to, like, a dinosaur museum and an aquarium and, like... Uh, There's an underground base where we died, which yeah. turns into an above-ground base. You go to a base. bunch of, like, different locations, which is where we came up with the joke. I was, like, we were playing. I was, like, man, this sounds like a great vacation. We just left the museum. Now we're going to the aquarium. And some of those levels are short. So that's the cool thing about
0: this is like the levels are easily five minutes of pop. So we got to third to last level or really to boss fight. we were
1: any good, we would have beaten this easily. Yeah. In the
0: amount of time that we usually play games. Yeah, exactly. So it's not a hard game overall. It's just um, I really suck at beat-em-ups. And so, yeah, that's where we are with this. But uh, the game itself... Uh, complete in box, you're looking at uh three oh three sixteen and this is all Super Nintendo. Uh peaked at four sixty-three twenty three. You don't have a date of when it peaked. Uh, but it is currently uh, trending at that position. Uh we don't have to look at the exact date, it's probably twenty twenty one to be honest. Uh and then loose one hundred forty two ninety nine. It peaked at one forty seven twenty five in October of twenty twenty one. And it looks like that price is actually rising, so it's got the little steady increase. This no, is actually
1: that- high price was actually back in August 2016. Oh, interesting. Yeah, somebody okay. way overpaid for this. Yeah. And then it crashed back down to 247 and then kind of went back up to like the 400s and kind of declined from there, but yeah. this has been an expensive game for a long time. For a long time. When I
0: picked it up, I picked up a lot and I didn't this was one of those lots where it's just so good that you don't care what games are in there because it's like, oh, it's 100 bucks, but you're getting a Super Nintendo yeah. and like three Mario games and a couple other things and a Mega Man. You're like, okay, cool. Like, it's totally worth that point. Yes. Everything else is a bonus. And so I ended up picking that up, and Captain Commando was in there. I had no idea about it at the time. And when I picked it up, it was still floating around like 115 So
1: this has and been... that was about four years ago. This has been uh, over $175 since 2015. The complete box?
0: That wouldn't cause the loose is one forty two.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, loose.
0: Should be about over a hundred bucks over the last like five, six years, I think.
1: Uh no, it really only peaked over a hundred since April. Like it was a little bit over a hundred here and there, but for yeah. the most part it's been under a hundred dollar game.
0: So when I picked it up, it was about one fifteen at the time. And that would have been about four years ago. Which would make sense if it had its spike and it went back down. Yeah, that looks about happened. right. Yeah. So Overall, man, I love this game. I think it's great. Uh, Very, very clean, easy to play game. Uh, Movement is fine. Controls are great. Lots of nice, uh, you know, there's different characters you can utilize and music's pretty good. As you said, the artwork is good. So, you know, overall top notch game, definitely worth playing. Uh, you know, if you're willing to pay this type of price for a game like this, definitely you' worth probably buying. buy better games. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's worth buying uh, if you are buying a game that is this price. like if you had the choice between several beat' ups and it was between this and a couple others and you're gonna be paying about the same, I would pick this up. Okay,
1: so you're talking like like a lot of time we just talk for the layperson, but you're specifically targeting the collector here. If you're yeah, beat' up, Super Nintendo boy. You got some money to burn, you're saying that this is the hot ticket item. I like this game, man.
0: I really do. I think this is totally worth it. Now, as far as in general, you know, beat em ups are concerned, yes, there are beat em ups that are just as good, if not better, at a cheaper price point that you can play. So, but you probably already own those. Yeah, exactly. So if you're missing this one, it's worth buying if you're missing it. Uh, I would say that overall, the game is inflated because. Imagine that shouldn't be paying 142 <laughs> for a game, anyways. Uh, but when it comes down, that's when it's you know based off of other beat 'em ups. When it's standalone by itself, I think it's worth buying if it's by itself. So given, I mean, dude, we see tons of Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games listed at like absurd prices, a million dollars. Means, graded by, from Wada. By all means, <laughs> this is not an absurd price when you compare it to other like six and seven hundred dollar games. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: not a little Samson. Yeah,
0: but the downside is that this game really doesn't have a lot of replayability. It's, you know, your eight levels or nine levels, whatever it is that you go through. Yeah, you, you crack
1: can, this out in an hour, you're yeah. going to want to take some time before you come back at it again.
0: Yeah, it might be one of those things that you just want to craft and like be really good at one game and this is what you continue playing, fine. Uh, but yeah, for an hour's worth of time, it, it's kind of difficult to like justify over maybe, other beat-em-ups. Maybe
1: this is a good speedrunning game, I don't know. It's Maybe. already
0: pretty short. It is pretty short. Yeah. I don't know. It might be. So, yep. I would say inflated on my end. Definitely inflated. Definitely inflated. Okay. So, uh, that was our episode this week. Uh, next week, I have no idea what we're playing. I don't know what we're going to be talking about. We'll figure it out. It's going to be a remote episode. So, yeah. We got to figure out what we're doing, Ryan. We're we'll going to. We'll let the people know. Okay. This has been episode 167 of the Game and podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.